0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Twins, your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins Podcast. Today is Saturday, August 7th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join all of our MLB hosts in a green room soon. Well, this is Nash Walker, writer at Twins Daily, lifelong Twins fan, bringing you five days a week coverage on the Minnesota Twins. Uh, apologize, this episode is one day delayed, but we're going to talk about Jordan Balazovic today, the struggles that he's had. We're also going to talk about the first two games of this Houston Astros series. The Twins have looked really, really good. And I think in a lot of ways, it's encouraging, right? And it shows that they do have it within them to uh, to pitch well, to hit well, to play good defense, and to uh, ultimately win ball games. So we'll talk about those first two games in Houston as well. And then more on Austin Martin, who's been really, really good since coming over in four games, five hits, five walks. Uh, just an on-base machine. He's got an on-base percentage over 500. He's getting on base in over half of his plate appearances in the last, like I think, 22 games or something like that, which is just nuts. But I want to start with Balazovic today because for many, and and you know, for me probably now too, with Duran being shut down, he's the Twins' top pitching prospect. And we watched him through July and the end of June into July, put together one of the best stretches in the minor leagues this season: 25 and two-thirds in uh, four starts. Opponent batting average of 118. He did not allow a run. He struck out 30, walked just four. So something to highlight on this stretch for, for Jordy Blaze, as they call him, is the four walks, right? Because the command was there. The command of the 95, 96-mile-an-hour fastball, that great curveball, it was there. And the opponent OPS was 296. Opponents slugged 129. They had 10 hits, just one extra base hit. It was a double off the wall in right field, like I remember it. believe that's what it was because it was such a a rare occurrence during that stretch for Jordan. And right before that, like right before he started that streak, he had two starts where he had allowed eight runs in nine innings. He had an eight ERA and opponents hit 413 off him with an OPS over a 1,000 in those two games, Um, you know, two home runs. And then he puts together that amazing stretch. And what I want to highlight here with Jordan Balazovic is the volatility of a pitching prospect, right? We just continue to get reminded of that and why it's so important to develop pitching, but why it's much easier said than done, because in his last three starts, he's given up 15 runs in 13 innings, 11 walks to 11 strikeouts. He's lost the command. He's given up five home runs. He's getting behind in counts, and he's just not getting it done recently, uh, Balazovic, and, and it just shows you how quickly things can turn and flip around in a, in a season for these guys, these young pitchers who are still learning, still trying to find their way up, and I guess my point here is, if you're hopeful, and I'm hopeful, like don't get me wrong, we had a whole episode you can go listen talking about 2022 and where the Twins currently stand because it's important to look at that now after they traded Jose Barrios, where do they stand going into this offseason and into 2022, I'm hopeful that they can compete next year. I think some Twins fans uh, really doubt that they can, which I, I can see because when you look at these guys and so much of what's going to be important for the Twins, and I think their offense is going to be important. Like I think their offense – in a lot of ways, can can shape the upside of the club next year and beyond. But the pitching staff, so much of it is going to depend on who comes up and, and contributes from the minor leagues. And what Twins fans have to understand, what I have to continue to understand, when I get excited about these runs, and you should get excited about these runs that Jordan Balzavic goes on, or that Josh Winder goes on, or that Chris Valamont goes on. Be excited about these runs, but also understand that it can it can flip like a switch because these guys are still in the minors. They're still young. They're still developing. And they're not ready. And I don't think Jordan Balazovic is ready. And it's easy to just pencil him in and say, oh, he went on this amazing stretch. Let's pencil him into the 2022 rotation. It's not that simple. And prospect progress is never linear. It's it's very rarely. It's only linear Um, with the best of the best sometimes. But even then, like you look at Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who is arguably the best prospect, I don't know, the last 15 years, uh, just destroyed the minor leagues, comes up, and he's just, you know, he's an average major leaguer right away. And, And many expected him to come in and make an immediate impact. And he wasn't bad, but he wasn't what was expected. And now this year he's completely broken out in a huge way, and he's in the MVP race for the Blue Jays, trying to lead them to a wild card berth. It's not linear, even with the best of the best. You've seen Wander Franco you know, struggle so far with the raise. And it just shows you how difficult it is to come up and to have success at the major league level. So it's just important to remember with prospects. Like I'm a huge prospect guy. We do prospect Friday. We talk about prospects all the time. What else are you going to do in a season like this? But also looking forward is, is exciting because the twins do have a really deep and a nice farm system, but you have to understand that a prospect is a prospect until they're not, you know, the, the progress of a prospect is, is almost never ever linear and you have to understand that and i think with with Balazovic it's the same thing like he's going to have to work through things like this and it still shows that he's a ways off you know i don't think you can pencil him into the 2022 rotation and it just reminds you now Josh Winder has been shut down for a couple of weeks as well with shoulder fatigue he had been struggling giving up homers for the Saints it's it's not linear you have to stay patient and that's why it's so frustrating you know depending on prospects and depending on a farm system because you can't you can't depend on it you can get excited there are good players the twins have really good players in the minor leagues Jordan Balzovic is one of them but it doesn't mean that he's just going to continue up 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 and then get right to the majors and make an immediate impact those things uh rarely ever happen so i wanted to highlight that today and just remind Twins fans, that it's it's not going to be easy. Like, this next year plus is not going to be easy. It's really fun to think, oh, we'll just slot Austin Martin to the top of the Twins lineup for 2022-2023, and he's going to produce, oh, we'll just, you know, Trevor Larnock will bounce right back immediately and never go in this rut again. Like, it's really easy to say those things and to get excited about those things, but the reality is that it's much more than that, and oftentimes the road is a lot more bumpy than that. And it's just, you get back to, I think there's been 20,000 major leaguers, something like that. You could fill half of target field with as many major leaguers who've ever played major league baseball. And that just blows my mind every time. Half of target field, basically, with everyone who's ever played in the major leagues. And that shows you how difficult it is and and why when you talk about prospects, you you can get excited, but you have to understand that – you know, it's much more difficult than just slotting guys in for next year. So I wanted to highlight that. Let's talk about this Houston series. Twins have looked really good through two games, and they'll go for uh, the series win tonight in Houston in Game 3 with Michael Pineda facing off against Luis Garcia. Let's talk about the first two games and some really nice developments in those games. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar has 12 original flavors, but they've added six new flavors as well, and these improved Built Bars are even deliciouser. Plus, Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, full of protein, full of fiber, and great for a keto diet. And the peanut butter bar, only 5 grams of net carbs for a type 1 diabetic like me. That is huge. Plus, right now, Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. So listen closely. You get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you also get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. My favorite flavors include the coconut almond, the peanut butter, the banana bread. Use promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. I think first and foremost, the thing that comes to mind, because I've talked about him a lot, and I've talked about that sinker, the 98-99 sinker from Jorge Alcala. I think he should start using it more, and the numbers don't exactly back that up because, you know, his sinker's gotten crushed, but he's only thrown it like 4% of the time this year. I think his sinker could be a weapon and could help him get lefties out maybe more than the changeup. It's it's an inconsistent changeup, but his sinker runs so much that I think he can get lefties out with it. And I've I've long thought like obviously a good changeup is the great equalizer to beat an opposite handed hitter. Like for Jorge Alcala, the twins wanting him to go to his changeup more against lefties, and at times it's been a great pitch. Like he's gotten lefties and he threw some nice ones last night as well. But I also think if you have a 98-99 sinker, that can be as effective, a, a hard-running sinker. You've seen it with Jose Barrios that sometimes his changeup command is not there. A lot of times it's not, and it's a good pitch. Like When it's on, it's a great pitch. But he's able to get lefties out too with that two-seamer because it runs so much, and I think that can be the case for Jorge Alcala. I agree that he should continue to try to use that changeup and see like, if he can find a feel for it more consistently. But also, I want to see him throw that sinker more. I think it's a nasty pitch. Uh, but he's been throwing his slider a lot more. He's, I think he's up to 40 45% with the slider. And he can get lefties with the slider, too. You know, he got Kyle Tucker on his back foot uh, either last night or the night before. He's looked really, really good recently. Jorge Alcala, it might be this might be his time, you know, and it's a perfect time to put him in high leverage situations to put him out there. And even I would put him in safe situations to get him comfortable, throw him into the fire. Why not? He might blow some saves, but he gets comfortable in those spots because I truly believe that he has the stuff to be a late inning weapon for the twins. I mean, you're talking about a guy who throws a hundred with a slider at 90, a hard biting slider at 90 that really no one can touch. Of course, he can be a great bullpen weapon. I think a lot of times for him, he's just been raw. Like he's, he's, mentally I think at times gets really wound up out there and the twins have talked about that before the mental side of the game. And I think for him, it would benefit him to get more late inning spots, you know, to to put him in big situations. And he's been putting some situations here in Houston in the last two days. And he's looked really, really good. That slider has been on. I'm excited about Alcala. I think Alcala uh, again can be that weapon for the twins. And I'm excited. Mitch Garver continues to crush hits a home run yesterday down the line. Um, just great to see. I mean, Mitch Garver has bounced back this year in such a big way, and for him to come back after all that time and just step right back in and start hitting and start hitting for power again, hitting fastballs again—not even no time to get his his timing back, other than a couple games at St. Paul. Steps right in. He's got an 8.77 OPS. He's been awesome. Hits another home run yesterday. Josh Donaldson had a clutch hit. Miguel Sano had a great play at third base. The Twins have put together some really nice. Plays, innings, outs, hits, you know, in this series with Houston. Um, clutch hits and the bullpen's been fantastic. And I think it's its really nice to see them come together and battle late in games to try to win games. Um, you can see it within them, and I've talked about it a lot this year, when they win games and they beat good teams like the Astros. And the Astros are not they are not at full strength, but still you're beating a good team. They beat Framber Valdez, who crushed them in the playoffs last year. has been great all year for Houston. Then they go out yesterday and beat Zach Greinke. I mean, it's not an insignificant thing to win those games, even if the Astros are not at 100%. But I've said when they come out and they beat good teams and they play well, it shows you what they could have been this year. And, again, it's frustrating. But it's still good to see. A win's a win. It feels good to beat the Astros anytime, And um, they've looked really good. I mean, even if they split this series, that's, that's a W. And at this point, you're just looking not to get embarrassed. And I think for the Twins, that's a really low bar to clear, and I think they're better than that. And I think they've shown that the last two days and it's encouraging. It's, it's fun to watch. And Luis Arise is such a big part of that. He leaves yesterday and and we'll see what happened. We'll see what happens with him. If he goes on the injured list, we know his legs are, his knees are not good. He's got a chronic knee issue, um, which sucks because he's just such a spark plug for them. You saw him at the top of the lineup. You can saw him clean up fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, the bottom of the lineup. He's just a spark plug. Like he just turns it up anytime. And he's such a big part of this team not only at the plate but I think people underestimate how much energy he brings as well because the way that he takes his at bats I think I think it is contagious I think guys watch the way he takes his at bats and they're inspired by that and I think they learn from him and through 700 at bats at the major league level and Luis Rice has has had 782 plate appearances for the Twins 198 games he's hit 324 385 on-base percentage and an OPS of 803. He's been a 21% above-league average hitter just in terms of OPS. He's also hitting 324, so it's not an empty 324 because his on-base percentage is 385. He's walked 71 times and struck out 69 times. I mean, just unbelievable. He's got 227 hits in 198 games. He's, uh, He's outstanding at the plate, and he brings it every day. He's actually had a really nice year and it he hasn't been healthy for a lot of it, but he's hitting three thirteen on base three seventy six, slugging four oh one. He's had a really nice year for the twins and, and he's such a spark plug for them. I would be interested to see Take a look here and, and maybe it's not as drastic as I would think, but when Luis Arise plays, yeah, the twins are thirty one and forty three when he plays and that kinda highlights how bad the pitching staff has been. But Louis, um, since July first has hit three eighty seven with a four thirty-four on base percentage. So he's just been amazing. And since June first, even like you can go back and I know he had to struggles in May but since June 14th when he came back off the injured list he's hitting 355 with a 398 on base percentage uh, and 133 plate appearances. So amazing stuff and he's such a part of the future, like such a key part of the future for the Twins. And when you talk about Larnik, you talk about Kirilov, you talk about Austin Martin, you talk about Royce Lewis. Luis Arraez is right in there, man. Luis Arraez is 24 He's under team control, I think, four more years after this. I mean, he's he's as much a part of the future as those other guys and, and is probably the leader for the future, but it's hard because the the injuries, the knees, and, and everything that keeps happening with him. Um, but he's just been amazing. Let's talk about Austin Martin after the break and what he's done so far in Wichita because it's nothing short of uh, fantastic. Let's talk about him. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over. But the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball are all in full swing. Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline's your online sportsbook experts with Major League Baseball, there's action every single day. Use that promo code Locked On. You'll get 50% off on your first deposit or 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Excuse me. Thank you, BetOnline, for sponsoring Locked On and for sponsoring Locked On Twins. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. The fastest and easiest way. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Austin Martin's now in four games. For the Wichita wind surge and uh, he's got 10 he's got five walks and five hits he's been on base uh, a ton for them so far and you look back and the power is a question for him but you look back since June 1st and this is across you know in Toronto system and now in Wichita he's hit 298 on base 463 he's slugged 411 it's not like his slugging percentage is like 275 it's not like he's like Nick Madrigal uh, he's still slugging a decent amount it's it's not where you want it to be he's got eight doubles two homers and a triple in 40, 41 games since june 1st you want to see more power but i, I do think it's going to come like i just think he's going to find it and his swing is powerful and he doesn't need to use his legs more and keith law wrote about that um, just watching him it seems like that's true i think maybe he could learn something or two from josh donaldson in that regard but since july 1st uh, he's hit 313 on base 521 slug just 388 but that on base percentage 521 and that's what Derek Felvey's talking about with with Austin Martin it's like we already know he can hit we already know he can get on base i'd much rather have that and and power that's lacking we can we can build on the power he's 22 years old than to have a guy with a ton of swing and miss but huge power and can't really get on base and also can't make enough contact that's another you know frame of a player that that just doesn't work at the major league level you just he doesn't make enough contact at the major league level, but they know Austin Martin's going to hit. Like they know he's going to make enough contact. They know he's going to get on base. So you already have a high floor there, and that's why when I talk about Austin Martin, I think I feel safe. And again, in the first segment of this uh, show today, would contradict this statement, but I feel safe just slotting him in into the future for the Twins at the top of their lineup because he's shown now three years at Vanderbilt and now through almost a full season at double a in his first year of pro ball that he's going to get on base that he's going to get you hits that he's going to hit line drives all over the field that he's going to give you a competitive at bat every single time at the plate and I think that's um you know that gives you reason to just to slot him in and with Luis Sarai's at the top I think Luis Sarai's Austin Martin one two you're going to get a lot of guys on base in front of some boppers if you have Kirloff behind them and Larnick and and you know Byron Buxton if they extend them too behind those two. So it's an exciting framework for the future, um, and Austin Martin's just a part of it, and I'm I'm really excited about him. But that's what we're doing right now. You know we're watching these young kids for the Twins and in the minor young kids. I'm 21, Austin Martin's 22, but watching these young guys in the minor leagues. And watching these young guys for the Twins, like Alcala, like Rooker, like Martin, you know, like Larnick. watching these guys and seeing um, how they're adjusting and how they're competing. And I think there's a lot of encouraging signs here across the system. And there are some signs that are not as encouraging. Like I've said, with the pitching prospects, it's been an up and down year for Twins pitching prospects with injuries, with crazy runs that have been, you know, put in the spotlight, like Bal- Balzavich's run. But there have also been some really good things as well, like Chris Vallemont striking out batters at a ridiculous rate. The walks are still up, but he starts last night um, and had a nice little outing for Wichita. So good things are happening, and it just shows you the volatility of a system because it goes up and down. But Vallemont last night went five innings, struck out eight. He's a strikeout artist. The Twins got Valamont in that Sergio Romo deal, and it seems like he was not just a toss-in at this point. We've talked about him a lot. In his last 61 in the 30s struck out 96 um, so big-time stuff there from him, strikeout stuff. He's uh, he's another guy that, that you should be excited about as well in the Twins system. There's a lot to be excited about. I hope the Twins uh, win this series tonight in Houston with Michael Pineda. I do see what they were saying, and I've said this before. I said this before his last start. I see what they were saying to keep a, a respectability factor by not trading him at the deadline, and we might look back and be like, God, that was dumb because it didn't matter anyway. They lost all his starts for the rest of the year. But it gives you, like, big Mike. His starts, at least, gives you a chance to win a series. Like This is two times in a row where he started Game 3 in a a series-deciding game in St. Louis, and you feel a little bit better about your chances to win that series. And then tonight he has a chance to win the series in Houston because a lot of times he's going to give you that chance to win. And I can see why the Twins wanted to keep him around for the leadership factor, but also there is that respectability factor. They're going to win some series here. And in order to do that, like, I don't even know who would have been starting tonight instead of Pineda probably would have been a bullpen game. And the twins bullpen is taxed. So it's still important to have arms. Like maybe they went to traded Jay J-Hap if they traded Michael Pineda just to have him, And you have a much less chance of winning with J-Hap on the Hill than you do Michael Pineda. So I can see that. And you have Kent going tomorrow too. It's like, there's still, there's, it's a weird place for the twins. Like they're not competitive, but they're still, they still have a lot of good players, you know, and they still have a lot of good promising young players that are going every night so it's not a surprise when they beat the Astros. It's not like if, I don't know, you know, a, a terrible. The Orioles beat the Astros twice. It's like wow. It's it's the Twins still have a lot of good players, and we know that. And they're still a team that was built to compete this year. And even though they traded Jose Barrios and Nelson Cruz and Anzo Robles, who's been terrible in Boston so far, they're still a competitive club in terms of the roster. They have veterans who who are there to win. So they're gonna win some ball games here. And they're gonna win some series and, and that's still fun. A win's a win. I've talked about that. It's there's no point in tanking in baseball. There's just the difference between the fifth pick and the ninth pick is a crapshoot. You you really aren't guaranteed anything by having a higher draft pick in the major league baseball draft. So go for wins, you know, be competitive. Try to still win these ball games and um, you know, give the fans at least something to cheer for. And they certainly have through two games in Houston. So tip of the cap to the twins for that. Haven't been able to do that a lot this year, but uh, we'll give them that tip and hopefully they get a series win. We'll talk about it Monday, talk about this Houston series and how it finishes and join me then. Five days a week coverage, Minnesota twins. Follow me on Twitter at Nash Walker nine, follow the show at locked on twins. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and go twins. Hey, prime members.